Welcome to The Empathetic Marketer. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Adam Kranitz from LucidLink. Adam, it's really nice to have you on. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Brad. Really excited. So maybe for the audience, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do, that'd be awesome. Well, great. Thanks. Yeah, I've been in technology and services marketing for over 25 years now, primarily selling software to the media and entertainment industry or enterprise businesses. I got my start many, many years ago as a film and video producer, corporate marketing producer in Washington, D.C., and then later joined Avid Technology to help lead their uh, next generation efforts for up and coming film and video professionals. And then did a pivot a couple of years ago from box-based software model to cloud-based model, SaaS, recurring revenue. Uh, and I've been working with recurring revenue companies, SaaS-based companies for the last five, six years on um, product adoption, go-to-market planning, integrated marketing, marketing technology stack, and sales integration. And that's where you find me today as VP of Marketing at LucidLink. That's awesome. I'm really excited for today's conversation because we have someone that has experience in video and media and all this stuff and is also now VP of marketing. So really excited to talk about that and, and ways in which other marketers out there can be using video content and media. Absolutely. So to set the scene, and then we'll use the Wayback Machine here. When I got started, we were lugging huge camera systems on your shoulder with an attached bell and the big tripods and the whole thing. And we're talking capital investment for production companies of hundreds of thousands of dollars to purchase this gear and maintain it and run it. And then the editing solutions, which originally were tape to tape, then we moved to digital, disk-based drives, non-linear editing, but it was still hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then right around kind of when I started in corporate marketing around 1997, 98, we had this slow adoption of digital video. And it started out, remember those postage stamp size video streams on the web, like real real player and all that stuff. And we started to see an inkling of what could be done with corporate storytelling with video online, this nascent online. And then if you had asked me at that time, with a capital startup of less than $1,000, you could be doing broadcast quality work in the 2020s. I would say that's ridiculous, but that's how far we've come. So the complete democratization of video production, not just for brands who would have had budget concerns about producing high quality content to tell their brand story, but for creators now who can pick up a phone or a Sony mirrorless camera and get their story to market through these platforms is now the most powerful storytelling device that we have. And I would say that within a generation of marketers, video will be more prevalent for a communications method than the written word. I'm going to make that prediction. I love that. That sets the stage really well. And I think as, as marketers out there, and especially in B2B, there isn't really a clear approach of how do you use video? Where should yeah. it be used? You got YouTube now, you got video on LinkedIn, all this stuff. Maybe you could just give us an idea of how you have used video and maybe some of the ways in which you've measured success, how it's contributed to demand, all that sort of stuff. That's a great question. Yeah. Taking a step back, really, there's two ways that I try to use video anywhere I go. One, it's brand storytelling, top of the funnel, help show, not say, right? Demonstrate, illustrate your value prop with compelling graphics, imagery, sound. It doesn't have to be a Hollywood quality movie, 
but it's got to be enough to be engaging and get that brand story across so that the prospective customer feels like, yep, I get what you do. Totally on board. Take me to the next step. That's the first thing. The second thing I think even more powerful than that is, especially in the world of software sales, especially in the world of selling software into the enterprise who have non-technical end users who need to be able to use the software, helping them understand how to get started fast with your platform or your service once they're onboarded. All right. So when I do software analysis, and we buy a lot of software here at Lucidlink to run our sales and marketing technology stack. One of the first things that I look for from a vendor is, do they have a community? Do they have a resources section? Are they making it super easy for me and my team to start getting up to speed quickly with the platform and realize all the economic value that that platform can provide to the company. We just had a training session this morning with our team on our office hours where we had purchased a piece of software at the beginning of the year, we had low adoption. So we brought their customer support team back to show us, hey, on a live Zoom, just like this, here's how you can think about using this software, this analytics package across all of your marketing campaigns and your earned media. So it's that video providing the basis, the primary basis for tutorials, tips, education, and aspiration for your prospective customers. I'll give you a couple of specific instances. The last three companies, software companies I've I've been at, I built something called Get Started or worked with the team to create something called Get Started Fast, replicating that model where we know that there's a little bit of a learning ramp or a little bit of speed. It takes a little time to kind of ramp up on, on fully understanding the total value of the software you provide. All right. So we we create get started fast tutorial guidelines. We just launched today uh, that version of it for Lucidlink, which we're pretty excited about. So this kind of works really well, where we're providing one to two minute video pieces to help move customers from onboarding your users, security settings, best practices, additional resources to help them feel like, yeah, I get it. I'm not going to get frustrated with it. And by the way, that's reducing time that our customer support managers have to spend with a customer. Not that we don't love working with our customers. Of course we do. But if we can call deflect some of the lower level stuff, the basic stuff and use video to support that, our customer service reps can be engaged at a much higher level with the customer more strategically rather than tactically how to use the product. And that's what I feel a lot of brands still aren't bringing to the table, which is I go to your website, how do I use your product? And professional services is part of that right? For a much larger engagement. But at the basic level, what's that 101, 201 level stuff that I need to know to be able to really get up to speed and not feel like I need to churn out after a couple of months because this thing just isn't working for me. And churn is what we're all fighting in the software industry. So anything we can do to deflect churn by keeping customers engaged and prospects engaged in what the value that the product lives. And again, not to ramble on this, but think about the SaaS model. We're about continuous improvement, right? We don't just release the software like in the old days and a year later, there'd be another update. We're continuously releasing dot features, right? So using video to update the customer on the benefit they, they just received on their existing investment. Hey, you're paying the same amount every month but you're getting new features added and here's what the value benefit is. And we can send out all kinds of emails. People don't want to read that, but you send out a video, they're going to watch that for a minute. Like, yeah, I'm getting economic value out of this platform and they keep delivering updates for me and they're making it easy for me to understand the value. And that's the power of video right there. I love that. I love that it's especially tied to a tangible metric. Like, hey, this video is, or this video series is ultimately to reduce customer churn. 
I think a lot of uh, companies out there kind of just like, all right, let's create content, let's throw it out there, but there's no specific actionable, hey, this is going to help with this top line business metric. So I like that, that you're putting this series out there to reduce churn. Do you also think the video has the same power for customer acquisition, getting net new logos in, engaged with the company and all that? Well, we don't think we know for a fact. So when you think about net promoter score as a key business metric for how well are we doing at keeping uh, the customer engaged and with the product and the solution, and, and video is a big contributor to keeping our net promoter score where we want it to be as a business. So that's one metric. A second metric to your point is, is the engagement that the customer is having with that video content is that moving them through the buyer journey? And I'll give you an example of something we recently did at LucidLink is, we had been like a lot of companies where we're using YouTube to embed video-based content on our website. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, but then you're creating a data silo around analytics for that video on another property that doesn't mm -hmm. really play well in terms of your business intelligence systems, right? It's another place that's kind of locked up to find are people engaging with that. And usually that's the domain of the social media manager. And that information is not flowing back into, into the marketing department. And there's workarounds to get past that. We just, I don't know if I can mention a vendor name. I'm going to mention vendor name. I like them a lot. Wistia. We just uh, onboarded with Wistia about a month ago. We moved all of our video-based content onto their platform and used the Wistia player to be the playback source. Now, that has a beautiful playback functionality in terms of like the branding of it, the playback control. And it, it's very responsive and it looks great. And you can style it exactly as you want on your website. And it has all the analytics on the back end to let you show user flow and some firmographics and demographics, and then all the other th stuff that you'd want to see about video consumption. Where it's critical for us, though, is that we connected Wistia with our lead scoring system via Marketo. Marketo, if you, as you know, is a, a large platform from Adobe that allows you to do marketing automation, lead scoring, email marketing, et cetera. So we do use Marketo as our lead scoring platform on our website. And it, like any lead scoring system, multiple touches on our website, when they hit a threshold, we move them from a contact stage of new to engaged to sales ready or conversation ready, as we call it for sales department. And what we can do with Wistia is connect that engagement. So you're landing on our website, you're looking at our pricing page, all right, you're starting to get scored. You're looking at a couple more pages on our website, your scoring's going up, hasn't quite hit the threshold. Then you go to the schedule a demo page and you play back the intro video. And that's by playing that intro video, we're now scoring you even higher and maybe even going past the threshold where you move from an engaged state where you know marketing has is talking to you through our digital properties to, we believe this person has taken enough steps to then be ready for an inside sales rep to do an intro call or discovery call. So what we're using Wistia as a way to move people through that engagement scoring metric, potentially even getting them out of one stage and into another. Oh, it's incredibly powerful to do that. And it's not hard, by the way, not a plug for Wistia, fairly inexpensive platform to do that as long as you can make those connections to your existing business intelligence systems or marketing automation systems or Salesforce, et cetera. That's very interesting. So I'm curious the, the types of videos that you use for customer acquisition. It sounds like it's very product led. Here's how to use the product on the retention side. What types mm -hmm. of videos are you creating on the acquisition <laughs> side? I'm laughing because we're working backwards the, uh, uh, than you would normally do it. 
Based on where we were as a business, our key concern for 2022 was driving revenue, as everybody should. So we kind of started, if you think of that inverted classic marketing funnel, top to bottom, we started at the bottom of the funnel with demand gen content and customer onboarding content that was largely done with our pre-sales team. And by the way, if you're not working with your pre-sales engineering team to produce video content, you're hugely missing an opportunity to have content that resonates with them because, and I'm going to get back to your question, the pre-sales and salespeople are the one who are answering those technical questions over and over again. And if they're not involved in that process of creating content with you, then you're probably glossing over the things that they're constantly getting asked and then bogging them down, just like the customer service reps with basic fundamental questions where they could be engaged at a much higher level, much more strategic level in that discovery process. So my one piece of advice is when you're starting to create demand gen content for the middle or bottom funnel, please work with your pre-sales engineering team, your inside sales reps, your customer support managers, anybody who is in a very detailed customer facing role to map out your content plan first. So that's what we did. We started at the bottom of the funnel. What are the things that we need to create to help move people through the buyer journey once we got them to a sales-ready conversation? Now we're starting to move a little bit up, middle of the funnel content marketing to create demand in the marketplace around our products and solutions. So now we're starting to do what we call workflow tutorials. Our product works with another product. The value you get is adding our product to another product. So what we've been doing is creating workflow-based content that says, if you're using product X, here's the value add of what we bring. So we're showing the integration, how we're part of the ecosystem of creative content production. So that's mid-funnel. People out there looking at, how do I collaborate with X product? Our content's going to pop up. Hadn't heard about these guys. Let me check this out. So we've got workflow tutorials. Workflow, critically important in our industry, media, entertainment, rich media. Everything has to work together. Right, so that's mid-funnel. Now we're turning our attention to top of funnel brand awareness pieces. How do we tell the corporate level story, the brand story? Why do we exist? Some of that is HR and recruiting. Like any tech company, one of our big drivers or governors on growth is finding really uh, amazing engineers, talent across the organization. And so we're starting to think about what kind of video-based content could we do that would set the brand culture on fire for somebody that said, that's a company I need to work at. That's a company that gets it. I want to be part of that culture. And I think video is important for that, for pulling new recruits in, recruiting. And of course, brand-related video content that helps people understand where this company fits in the ecosystem of media entertainment products. So we're working our way back up the funnel backwards. Maybe we shouldn't have done it that way, but it, it, it's been working out pretty well so far. I love it. I see a lot of companies even going one step higher and saying, hey, we're going to create edutainment type of media series. <laughs> That's one of my favorite words, by the way. Yeah. What do you think of that? What's your take on even one step like higher where it's like capture attention is the goal there? To me, I start to think about that as, as a collaboration with a third party. How can we bring in, I hate to use the term, but influencer marketing, right? How do we bring in third party people, people outside your organization who have built an audience of people who are really passionate and have built a community around that topic. How do we work with them to create content that would resonate with their community and is value add, not promotional? And that to me is the edutainment piece. I really love that phrase. I've used it over and over. I'm so excited that you brought it up. How do we use those outside influencers or people who have, have built a community to work with us and pilot this. I've done that a couple of times with film and television editing professionals who have built a career 
doing educational content online, partner with them to create a line of training content for our products. They put it out there. They have a recognized name. They have a built-in audience. And it's had really wonderful results for us. So I think the answer to your question of how do you go that step ahead is really leveraging those built-in audiences from people who are in your market, in your industry, who are who've already found a following and can you can create an authentic relationship with them that it's not native advertising for them, but rather it's, hey, I found value in this and and I've I've created a partnership with this company that helped you understand how uh, the value that they bring to to the world that we live in. So let's talk about channels and distribution. You create these videos. Where do you distribute them? How do you distribute? What channels? All that stuff. I'm going to give you the non-interesting answer first. So you start with your website. Uh, Don't neglect your website. Put it on the homepage, right? You got to have that brand intro video right on the homepage. It sets the scene. On your vertical pages, make sure you have some content that speaks to that vertical or the use case or personas. And then make sure you have the educational resources, you know, the resources section of your website. Make sure you have a big carousel of video content there. And by the way, you should also have on your support site or your knowledge base, you should also have video-based content. So it's not just written material, it's also video-based material, right? So existing customers can learn how to use the product successfully in there, whatever they're trying to do with it. So that's the first one. Start with your.com. That's where it's got to start. Now, I'm not a proponent of lifting and shifting content straight from the website to other platforms. I'm a proponent of creating content that feels native to those other platforms. The obvious one is the world's second largest search engine, at least I think it is as of this recording, YouTube, to be able to to do that thing you were talking about, that edutainment, leveraging existing YouTube communities and influencers to bring your message to market, and then creating your own content that's educational. For me, YouTube is all about educational content, not branded promotional videos. People go to YouTube to learn. It's the one of the biggest learning platforms in the world. So if you're not providing educational content that speaks to people's pain points in their workflows, then you're missing a huge opportunity and a lot of search traffic. So I start there. What I also find interesting now, and it's not because it's a crazy trend, but really the reports that are coming out, the data that's coming out that the next generation of your users, software users, are skipping Google and YouTube and going straight to social platforms like TikTok to discover things that they're interested in, the so-called dark social, right? That's not a search engine platform. It's not a search engine per se, but people are effectively using it that way. So I think there's interesting work to be done on TikTok. I don't want to hear people say it's about dancing and that stuff. That's garbage. It is a massive platform for people to connect with what they're passionate about. My algorithm on TikTok is tuned into DIY and photography and movies, things like that, because that's what I look at. I'm not seeing dancing videos. I'm seeing content that inspires me. So if you're not using that platform like a TikTok or others to deliver your message around the optimization of that content, you potentially could be non-existent in that potential buyer's mind space. So why not adopt it? All right. So that's incredibly important. And then I think mobile as a platform is whether it comes from a social media platform as a playback, you have to optimize your content for mobile. It drives me nuts when I see 16 by nine videos that you know are going to be watched on mobile, not optimized for a skyscraper format that really makes best use. And then tiny text. So think about your mobile users, look at your analytics on your website, understand how many people are consuming. I would guess more than half of your audience right now is is accessing your content 
by mobile. So why are you serving up video that only looks good on a 22 inch desktop monitor? It doesn't make sense to me. So as a platform, make sure you're optimizing around mobile. And yes, maybe it looks a little funky when that video is on a desktop, but ultimately it's still consumable and you don't want people to skip it when they're on mobile. So I would say, start with your website, go to YouTube for education discovery, go to TikTok or other dark social sites to make sure you're getting found by people who are trying to engage with the things you're passionate about. And then make sure that everything you do for your website looks great on mobile and is easily consumed. Love that. Any last thoughts on this next generation marketing using video? What other leaders out there should be thinking about? I'm really giving that a lot of thought. I'm very curious to know where the next generation of CMOs and VPs of marketing are going to come from. I suspect that we'll start to see fewer and fewer come from the world of corpcom and PR and engineering as is often the case in software companies and more from people who are in creative fields. The advice that I would give anybody is if you're looking to advance your career in leadership and marketing, understand marketing technology and sales technology, understand the plumbing and infrastructure of how you manage your CRM your lead scoring, your lead automation, your lead routing, your engagement platform, everything that you have at your disposal, understand how all those things connect together or should connect together in order to drive efficiency in your sales process. If those systems are disconnected, and often they are, you're essentially creating a burden of time and resources for your sales team to close opportunities. But if you're connecting those things and everything for your sales team is viewable in one platform, and I highly recommend Salesforce and love them, uh, then by definition, your time to move from stage to stage, your velocity to move context through that sales funnel is going to decrease and you want to shorten your sales times. So my advice for future marketers is go online, go to these platforms, such go to Adobe site, go to Salesforce you can sign up for Salesforce Trailblazer account for free and start consuming all that content for free. They have the upcoming Dreamforce conference. I don't know when this episode will publish, but Dreamforce is coming up September, mid-September. You can access it for free with Salesforce Plus live, live sessions. Learn the technology to the degree that you understand how these things connect to provide an optimized customer experience on your website and sales experience for your sales folks to, to be fully optimized. So I think that takes a little bit of left brain creative, thinking about how these things fit together, and right brain analytical. And that to me is the future marketer. They have to ride both sides. The experiences that I've had in corporate world is when you've had fully left brain creative leading marketing teams and don't understand the value that technology brings, doesn't understand the sales process, isn't natively you know, hand in hand with the sales team on what needs to be done. And on the other side, you can get people who sway too much to the analytical side and get lost in the numbers and don't see the big picture or don't see the creative pipeline that can be created to, to have a really great engaging experience. It's all about the numbers. You've got a future marketers have got to be able to meld both sides of that equation together to come up with creative solutions that leverage technology that has a great customer experience for your prospects. It's a great insight. Well, Adam, it's been great to have you on. Really appreciate you joining today. The pleasure is mine. Thank you for the time and look forward to catching up online. Always.